Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. becoming a survivor of crime with an emphasis on the aftermath of crime and how it impacts your life. If you appreciate diversity of topic and want to come along for the ride, if you are looking for cutting-edge programs, information, resources, inspiring people that assist you in finding your voice, then you have come to the right place. This is Donna Argor, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host with my co-host Delilah Jones, president of imaginepublicity.com. Thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast. So good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Shattered Life Radio. Um, I'm glad to report that um, uh, a long time ago, I was fortunate enough to um, meet a, a community services officer in the city of New Britain, and we're going to talk about a very unique partnership in in working with seniors. But uh, before I introduce him live, just want to say good morning to Delilah in Myrtle Beach. And hey, Delilah, good morning. Can you reassure people that that you are safe there and 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 we're in the process of recovery? Oh, absolutely. You know, we. I don't want to date the show, but this is. You know, one of the first weekends after Hurricane Florence uh, ripped through the Carolinas and has devastated our coastline with flooding and wind and and everything. So keep us all in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, Make donations to reputable charities who are sending people, sending supplies to help us here. Uh, Personally, I'm in a very safe and I'm not worried about flooding or anything like that, but I would uh, totally appreciate anything anyone out there can do for victims of this because it's an ongoing thing. This is not just going to be over in a couple of weeks. This is um, this is devastation that's long-lasting and will take years, maybe even decades, to recover fully from it. So we appreciate everything that everyone has done and is continuing to do to uh, keep us safe, keep us fed, and keep us dry. Right. Well, uh, and, you know, uh, ditto on everything that you said. You know, I have a personal investment there. I know a lot of people, and people are just doing such great things. So keep them all in your thoughts, prayers, and pull out your wallet and your resources. So um, with that, um, you know, part and parcel of emergency management or serving the community is law enforcement. And um, Delilah, we are, in fact, with our guests are all of a certain age um, where we're either into seniorhood or approaching that. And this is a community that sometimes is often underserved, underappreciated Um, lacking in resources, and because of um, medicine and technology, people are living longer, and maybe they just don't have the tools, they don't have the people support. I see that every day at work in my my, um, state government job, working with the elderly, and so I think it's so important that we're, we're talking today about a partnership with law enforcement and other community resources. Um, and we've done other shows with AARP and, and all of that to try to address this. So I just I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and and I'm anxious to um, delve into it. And I, I know you feel the same, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We we definitely need to get information out to all citizens and especially elderly citizens who oftentimes are confused as to what is available for them and how to access the resources that are available. Many, many elderly people just obviously don't know. So it's a very good thing that we're doing today to bring this information to those who truly need it. Yes, that that's true. And every every state, every county, no matter what your government makeup operates a little differently and has more or less resources. So with with that said, um Art Powers is a sergeant um, I'm, I'm sergeant with the New Britain Police Department, which is part of the Greater Hartford community. Um, so, uh, Art, welcome to Shattered Lives Radio, and um, we so appreciate you being with us today. And before we start into um, um, what you actually do in terms of your role and uh, modeling off of a triad concept, can you give us a little bit of a background um, uh, uh, sketch in terms of what what you've done in policing and what brings you today to your current role. Well, thank you for having me. Um, You're welcome. Ac- actually, I started off in 1982 as an EMT with New Britain Emergency Medical Services, and from there continued up to become a, a paramedic. Um, and 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 I, that was like in 1982. In '99, I switched over and became a police officer and continued. Uh, to try to do my public service, I always felt like you should be giving back um, to the community. You know, there's been times when we've all need to be helped, and people have helped us. And uh, and anyway, I thought it was kind of my turn to uh, to give back, so I enjoy this. Um, I, as a police officer, I've done all sorts of different things. I've done field training. Um, I got on the SWAT team as a medic operator. Um, I've been on the crisis negotiation team. Uh, I, and one of the, the things I did was become the police liaison with Triad. And Triad mm-hmm. uh, um, is is the it's not it comes as capital letters, but it's not uh, it stands for um, three group of three. So it's not there's no the letters don't mean anything except the group of three. And basically what that is is uh, the law enforcement, um, which would be me as the liaison, the senior citizens. And the protective uh, or support services uh, in the area to, to work out. So um, we uh, do our best to uh, um, help the uh, seniors feel safer and try to educate them um, as to what's out there. We, we give them uh, um, places to go and events um, to go and uh, and and lectures and all, all sorts of things like that. Um, and we have a good time. We're doing it, and I have a good group of volunteers. Um, they work very hard. Um, they donate their time, um, raffle gifts, all sorts of things. So um, we've got, I think, somewhere around 12,000 senior citizens in New Britain. So it's a big group, and we do our best to get out there and reach them all as much as we can. Um, well, that's great. I was just going to ask you a little bit. Can you tell the, our listeners a little bit about the uh, demographic um, makeup of New Britain, how large a city? And like you said, there were there are about 12,000 seniors there. Yeah, we have like 70,000 people in the city um, and a, a lot of multi-apartments. Uh, so we have a lot of people kind of on top of people sometimes, probably not like some of the real big cities, but I say we're like a medium-sized city. Um, so we uh, do our best to, uh, like I say, get get the people to come out of their apartments and get and get uh, together and, and do fun things. Um there there's, uh, used to be a lot of factories here at one time, so we have a, um, a lot of different ethnic groups, um, and uh, they all, it's kind of like a little uh, melding pot of its own here. Um, and uh, as, as uh, things, you know, change and evolve, we, uh, we try to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. What, um, what have you, I mean, when you initially started, now, how many years have you been the liaison in charge of this? I've, I've, Several? Yeah, I'm probably around six years. I, I, I took it over and I and uh when I was upstairs in training and then I got went back to patrol as a police sergeant and I was doing well with it. So um 
it was decided that I should stay with it, and I, and I wanted to because, um, you know, like I say, it was fun, and I, I felt like you're, you're giving back to the community kind of a thing, and, uh, and that's important to me. Um, so probably five or six years at least. Mm-hmm. I, I just wondered, have you noticed are the, in terms of working with seniors or when you initially started and now six years down the line, have you noticed maybe there are like two camps in terms of dealing with, with seniors, those that are pretty healthy and vibrant and active and maybe then those that are kind of, um, uh, you know, embrace being a senior and, and, and do activities and then there are those that kind of stay behind closed doors and are fearful of the city because let's face it, New Britain has its, you know, its share of crime as all cities do. Um, can you give us some kind of a feeling in terms of um, how, how people have integrated um, in, into those programs. I know that you have to probably spend time building trust and all of that. How do you introduce yourself to, to the seniors as well? Well, like I say, we do um, a senior lecture series from May uh, to October. Matter of fact, October we're having our last one of the season. Um, and we, we give, um, feed them breakfasts, and the, the, some of the organizations with us sponsor those breakfasts. Um, and then we and we give the lectures, do all sorts of things, uh, talk about Medicare, um, strokes. I'm just going to look at the list from this year alone. Um, being a loneliness, um, big one is the AAR, uh, AARP um, fraud watch that we do that like every year. Uh, mm-hmm. The last one we did to help with technical um, uh, things, so they have they taught people how to use their cell phones, and and which was the bulk of it, but people also when learn how to use your uh, tablets or your iPads or even your TV remotes. They had people there to teach them. Um, next month is the Tai Chi for your health. So they, uh, we, we've had some fun. Um, and the other thing I do is um, go to the different senior housing apartments and I give safety lectures there so the people that might not be able to come out or don't want to come out to the uh, to the lectures we give at the senior center, um, we go. I'll go right to them and uh, and we do the, uh, the the safety lectures there. And if they have any questions, they can ask. If they've got problems, you know that they might not want to call the police about. I'm there, so they can tell me there, and we you know get advice or or offer suggestions or or see what we can do to um, help out from there. Mhm. Um. Now is. Is are some of these programs are are they funded by the city of New Britain or are they um uh you know some of it comes from a, a particular fund that the police have I mean are are you sponsoring these activities directly or um you you go on donations Well uh, when we first started um officer Carol Zezet um really started this with Chief Sencio and also uh um Mike Carwin, who was head of the, the uh, senior center, and Arnie Schwartz, who uh, who did some of the original work with uh, um, Senator Blumenthal for the uh, um, the Connecticut triad when they started pulling into Connecticut, and she uh, uh, Officer Zezet was out there basically looking for donations from like anybody who could help out. I know American Savings Foundation has helped us for several years um, with. Um, Donations um, that we use mostly that one towards our uh, senior prom, which is the senior citizen prom. But just to be confusing, we hold it at the high school. So, <laughs> I think okay, listen, Delilah. I heard about this. I, I think this is so cool. So t- tell us about a senior citizen prom. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we we have the prom uh, in April, and um, we always have a theme, and most of the people will dress to the theme. Um, we, we've had, uh, geez, I have a, a list, um, of the, of the themes we've had in the past, but we've had casinos and, and like carnivals and, um, all, you know, thing, things like that. Uh, let me see, I have the list right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, luau's, peace and love, red, white, and blue, rock and roll, cowboys and cowgirls. Um, spring into spring, things like that. So every year we have a different theme, and so they dress up um, to that. And we'll like for the casino, say we had some some gambling games, obviously without money, but um, and, and but they do have prizes. 
Um, we have raffle, all, raffle gifts are donated by uh, all the organizations that are involved with us, so they have a free raffle. Um, we have a picture booth, kind of like one of the carnival picture booths. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have other entertainment. We've had music, um, magicians. Um, for the luau, we actually had uh, uh, dancers, Hawaiian dancers. Um, so, so is, it, 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 is this ahead. something where, I'm sorry, is this something where um, they, they, you send them invitations and they, uh, there's transportation provided, they bring, they bring, you bring them to the high school for an evening and they dress to the nines and then they have these activities and it's the purposes for them to, to be able to, to meet, meet uh all of their community in a non non threatening environment and have fun or what is actually the purpose of of this? Is is it to foster relationships between the community groups and the police and and these seniors and to have them have fun and, you know, maybe capture the memories of when they did senior prom years ago at, when they were really in high school? Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's all that we we first of all we we put out through the newspapers and posters and the senior center um, puts out a newsletter every month so we we get the word out to them um, that way uh, and some of our people are, are uh, involved with the uh, um, some of the housing um, so they they put up what we and we put up posters in, in some of the senior housing uh, buildings um, it, it's and and for this one we actually charge five dollars. And they they get with that they get not only everything I already talked about but they get a live band, and they oh. get a, a full meal, you know, with uh, um, you know all all the courses and stuff. And at the end, what we've been doing in the last couple of years is we have this place called Avery Soda, and they do all the old fashioned flavors. You know, oh, I know that. Yeah. And, yeah. So um, and they they put a, a special label on for our the, you know the year and the triad, and they usually match um, our theme. So they'll have a picture, say, of like Hawaiian dancers from like our luau and a, and a palm tree or something. Um, so they know when they're coming, they're they're getting well fed and they're getting prizes and and they get to dance. Um, um, and and we have a king and queen of the prom, and they they crown <laughs> them and and we have the best dressed and so they have a lot of things going on. And yeah, it is a, a way to get them out where they feel safe. Um, they and they get to socialize uh and uh um and yet they're safe you know we've got we've got a, you know besides myself um several of the volunteers and people around to help them if they need any help uh they have a good time they have a really good time uh, and we've uh, and we have a good time as the volunteers um um with them and and I'll tell you uh, some of these seniors I, I couldn't keep up with them when they're dancing and stuff like that they're amazing <laughs> Well, yeah, that's not our actual high schoolers involved with this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we have, it's we try to keep it intergenerational. We have um, um, people from the boys and girls school um, come. We'll have some of the the high school kids um, will help us with waiting, waiting on them. You know, we bring the food to the tables and stuff because it's kind of um, – um, we we bring the plates out to them so they don't have to be all hanging in lines forever. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, we um, we've got some other kids from the high schools from some of the the, group, the service groups they have there. So uh, yeah, we uh, we we try to mix them in and that, that way they realize that young people are still you know decent. Um, just because you may hear something on the news that you know uh, you know some young person with this or that it's that's not like that. They're they're really decent and they want to help and they're and they. Uh, and I think the young people also find out that that the senior citizens aren't so scary, and and uh, and and you know that you get rid of that the stereotypical um, ideas that that both sides have. So that that yeah, works out I, very well, also. That that concept of intergenerational is really um, is really great. Um, I've got a couple other um, shows in the planning in, in in different aspects, and I just think it's a wonderful thing to bring people together, but. Let's get back a little bit in terms of the crime prevention aspect and whatnot. What what would you how would you characterize the the concerns in New Britain now and um, how maybe this program has has changed um, in terms of the the seniors' ability or you know um, to maybe approach you and can you share some stories where. You may, where this may have really changed people's mind and made a difference in their lives, so that 
they're not as fearful or maybe you've you've um you know prevented a crime because you've built this relationship with seniors well one one of the things we do we like say in the safety lectures especially um I think one of the most important things that are out there is be aware of your environment. You know, mm-hmm. don't and, and not that seniors are looking at their phones. Um, that's him to be more of a, um, you know, younger age. And, um, and and then when I say younger, I'm talking like you know, anywhere from like probably 12 to like you know 50, really, because everyone's looking at their phones now. So they're not usually the ones doing that. But pay you got to pay attention to everything around you. Um, if you're shopping. Don't don't something as easy as don't leave your your pocketbook sitting in your shopping cart and then turn to to get something because it takes a split second and your they turn around and they don't notice right your pocketbook's gone and even mm-hmm. if they have it on video you know good luck trying to trying to find the person that looks like that who is that person um, so things like that walking out to your car um, be aware have your key out don't have it and say the bottom of say the bottom of your pocketbook or you know buried somewhere in one of your pockets have it out be ready to go. Um, if you see strangers kind of hanging around your car, you know, don't, you know, don't don't just walk out to your car and assume they're okay. If someone all of a sudden tries to say, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, you got a flat tire, I'll help you change it or something like that." And and you know, you so you, you be aware, be a little suspicious. Um I think the senior citizens um back in, in the day um uh did things on a handshake and I think more trusting. Whereas I, you really, it's it's harder to do things like that nowadays. That's very different. I think sometimes that's harder to to uh, get used to. You know, someone right. calls you on the phone and you pick up and say, you know, you know, how you doing, and 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 go on from there. And that people now are trying to scam them. You know, um, we have all sorts of scams going on, which we try to uh, educate them about. You know, someone say, hey. Uh, Grandma, um, I, I, I'm stuck in, in jail. I need to get bailed out. And she goes, "Is that you, Joey?" And he goes, "Yeah, Grandma, that's me. It's Joey. Yeah, that's who it is." And and the more they talk, the more information they get out of them. And pretty soon they're sending, you know, money electronically. Um, they go like down to CVS or something like that, and they, they'll send these checks out. And then once they're gone, there's almost no way to trace them. Um, so they, they do that a lot. The the this kidnapping scam is is, is big. Um, where they'll they'll say that you know we've got your son or or you know your dad had an accident um, he's hurt but we we don't want him to let him go we need the money in advance because say they'll make up some sort of like we're on probation we're not supposed to be in the state and we got to get back so I need the money right now we're not going to let him go um, or you know we've got you you've got your son and we're not going to let him go until you give us money and they they go into a panic and they start sending money they don't check. Um, one person, I said, well, did you call your son that supposedly be kidnapped? She said, yes, he said he's fine. But she was still in panic. I said, well, why would you want to send the money if you just talked to your son? But they mm-hmm. just couldn't, you know, they, they get scared, um, and, and they, you know, they want to help out. One lady actually walked past the police department, and someone said, I think she's being scammed on the phone, and I talked to her. I said, you know, is everything okay? Yes. Can I help you with anything? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And and 45 minutes later, she's coming to report she'd gotten scammed. And I said, well, why didn't you talk to me? She well, they told me not to talk to you when I was on the phone. Uh, so it, they, they, yeah, so, and she lost a couple thousand dollars. And, you and know, money, go ahead. I'm just thinking, you know, I, I talk to seniors for my job a lot, and they're so vulnerable, and a lot of them are not even for legitimate reasons working with a state agency. They will not answer the phone. I mean, that's one way of protection. Or, um, in, you know, we deal with people into their 90s and above, actually, who are, are legally blind and low vision, and they, because they're so elderly, they a lot of times their family is out of state. They don't have a, a, a local support system or so, someone to turn to. So in that case, are you finding, Art, that um, I don't know if you, like you say, you, you go on patrol, but you're also doing this, I don't know if it's integrated or certain days you're doing the, the senior outreach and certain days you're doing the patrol traffic. Um, are majority of people very elderly, single, with, with no family support that you're interfacing with, and these are the people you're trying to funnel into these activities and groups? What's the situation there? Well, we do have uh, New Britain Housing, uh, and uh, we we have a woman there who uh, 
who will try to help the people out and, you know, get them to come or, like say, get me to come to them. Um, so, yeah, in some instances we do. Um, so you get the whoever's in charge of the buildings a lot of times, that's who, like, reaches out to me and that would bring me in. And uh, and because of the, the uh, lectures I've done in a lot of these places, you know, that's that's when some of these problems will pop up. And, you know, like someone's bothering me, someone's been knocking at my door and trying to come in or, um, um, you know, it, stuff that they wouldn't call, they're afraid to call the police or they don't think it's worthwhile calling the police for, that's when some, a lot of these problems will pop up and then we can kind of deal with them one-on-one. We do security checks at a lot of these buildings. You know, we have them scheduled right in with through uh, our computers and dispatch. Um, so we, we try to keep up with things that way. Um, it was funny you talked about not answering the phone. That's one of the things we talk about. Um, if you don't recognize the phone number, don't even pick the phone up because these people are so smooth and so good. They get all sorts of information out of you before you even realize it. So that, that I'm glad you, you said that because that's, that's an important uh, thing, especially if it's got caller ID now. So if you're not recognizing the number, don't pick it up. And if it's a real number or a real friend, they will leave a message on your voicemail, um, and you, then you can call them back. But all these I, people get, you know, probably half a dozen calls a day from all these scammers and stuff and trying to sell you stuff. So that's the best yeah. way to do it is to not pick the phone up. <laughs> and they're, they're phone people, of, you know, of that era, you know, uh, 70s, 80s and beyond. I mean, in the, in the majority of them may not be computer savvy. And I just have to say that with a lot of these large state agencies, Department of Social Services, Department of Labor, um, uh, all of these, they've set it up so that they're robocalls, they're automatic systems, you can't get a real person, um, so so that they downsize. And it's very, very hard, uh, even for people that want to find resources on the Internet. They, they, they set it up so that you can't really get a real a, a real person. So it's, it is very difficult for seniors, and I get calls every day. They're so frustrated. Well, I never got a call back. I can't get through. What do I do, Donna? So, you know, is there, a, besides what you do on the ground, or is there a, a particular protocol that if you're seeing they have other other issues that may be related to elder care or medical or whatever, what 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 is your routine in terms of you see somebody that has a lot of needs that are unmet? Um, well, like I say, we have in Britain Health, um, uh, our, our members, some of the uh, people from the Britain Health Department are members, and we can hook them up through them. Um, uh, the, it's, it's funny because we just had the uh, the senior lecture on all the uh, the tech, new technology out there, so showing them how to use their phones, for instance, so they'll know, you know, how to dial in or, or, you know, you've got to press another button to get the numbers to pop up so you can dial the extensions and things like that. Um, and, and I know that's frustrating um, for them. Well, we'll have, uh, if they look like they're having problems, say in one of the senior housing units, we'll have uh, hook them up with one of the people in charge there to help them out with that. Or when we're doing the group lectures, a lot of people say, well, you know, I've got a computer, I can help you with that. So you can just hook them up sometimes that way. Um, yeah, well, it, it's also a challenge within that certain age group because they may have cognitive deficits, they may have hearing impairment, they may have visual impairments, and to be able to negotiate technology um, with with those other impairments is, is, is very difficult. So it's always good, too, to be able to interface with other agencies that deal with, with those other types of challenges as well, right? Yes, yes. They have some uh, interesting uh, people with the, I think, the Department of Aging and things like that. You can kind of hook them up with. Um, some of the problems we run into is 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 the people kind of want to help, want the help, as long as is they're, uh, um, you know, able to answer questions um, logically and and you know you know they're they're uh, they're still with it mentally. If if they don't want help, we can't give them help. But uh, um, if they do, we can usually find some way to to, uh, to tie them in with an agency or or have someone you know come in to, sometimes just to clean the uh, help clean their apartments, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's very important. Um, when uh, do you know do you know uh, historically what um, 
your predecessors, I know when we chatted before, you said some of the people that initially ran these programs. Um, have Do you think, like, the needs? I know with technology that's one of the changing needs, of course, because it, it's changed the way our society is run. But, you know, back in the day, what would a community police officer be doing with seniors versus today? Is there a whole different landscape in, in your in your opinion? Um, yes and no. I, I think you know, back in the day there was more, you know, we had like more beat cops and things like that. Um, so, you know, the smaller neighborhoods. Uh, so you, you could talk to the cop walking right down the street from you. Um, and we're trying to get back to that. You know, we're trying to get our people out on, on bicycles and things like that so they can they can do one-on-one. Um, I, Carol, Officer Zezet, when she started this, saw the need uh, in 1996, I believe, and that's mm-hmm. when she um, started this because she saw, saw the need and said, you know, let's reach out and try to, to help some of these, these seniors um, and get them out there and educate them and, and uh do the things that Triad's done. So I think that's how it started. Um, before that, um, sometimes you're just on a wing and a prayer. But realize back in the day, um, families kept their their relatives when they got older. You know, they didn't get kind of pushed off into convalescent homes and and or kind of left in apartments and stuff like that. So um, I, I think in that way things have changed. Um, if they're in a convalescent home, at least they have someone attending them. But yeah, they get into some of these apartments and they don't want to move. You know, some of them are living in these old, these, you know, older houses and stuff, and and they don't want to move. They've lived there all their life. Um, right. So I mean, my dad's 90 years old. He still goes to work, but he's been living in that house for probably over 80 years of his life um, in the same house that when his that his parents had. So it's uh, uh, I, I understand that you don't like to change. Nobody really likes to change, but when you get older, I think even more so because it's more comfortable, you know, you don't have to learn something new and you just, you've been doing this for years and it's, it's like, they like doing that. So it's hard sometimes to kind of draw them out and, uh, and show them, you know, things are changing or maybe you do need some help. Maybe you need some, someone coming to help you clean or, or do meals on wheels or, or something like that to help them out. And they don't, I don't think that, and once they, you get them to do it, then they go, wow, this isn't so bad. Um, so yeah. Just decreasing the social isolation. Um, what's the situation there with access to transportation? Because I know that's a, a big thing to for. Or are, are a lot of your activities focused in on holding activities within their apartment units or the senior center or, like you said, the high school? Um, are are you trying to get them out, but yet do you bring activities more to them? Um, like say with the senior lectures, we bring them right to them. With uh, and, and we do use the uh, um, senior center. Um, Rex Cohen's in charge of that now. He's been great, um, letting us use them for the lectures and things like that. So we do try to keep it fairly central. But they have uh, the senior center has uh, a transportation service that you can call and make appointments, not only to go to our events but also for doctors, you know, appointments and things like that. Um, so there are transportation services out there that can help them. And get them out, and obviously that's that's what we're trying to do with some of these, uh, um, uh, you know, the 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 things we have, the proms, the health fair. We got a health fair coming in October. That's always a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, they do get rides to that, and uh, and the convalescent homes um, usually get a bus and actually bring them in on buses. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's well. That's our, I have a question. What what type of issues do you see that may be pervasive to the population, like loneliness and isolation and fears for their safety? And when when someone comes to you or do, do you go to them, do you do an assessment on what this person's situation may be and how how you can connect them with resources? Normally, at, through Triad, we don't. Um... So yeah, I I'm not sure who they would really hook up with that. We do do talks. Um, Town social instance, worker art. Um, possibly. That that I'm not sure. I know we do a lot of talks um, on falls. Um, right. and um, uh, if for instance EMS um, notices something, we can you know come in and 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 I, I could check it out. I get some of that stuff forwarded to me. Um. You know, someone seems like they're they're 
they sh- they're living alone, but maybe they shouldn't be. But yeah, again, you, you can't force them out of where they are. And that's true. Well, they we get that all the time. Uh, wanting, you know, housing is an ever-present need with a lot of the the calls that I get. And so I guess you have to try to figure out if they have a case manager of some way. What, right. if, for instance, is this a lot of these seniors may be hooked up with the with the with the VNA visiting nurses association for if they have some type of um, injury orthopedic chronic illness and they're they're being seen by a, a social worker for something or a physical therapist or whatever and um, you know I just got a call yesterday about somebody wanting to know about an emergency button well med alert versus a lifeline system because when the when the CNA wasn't there, they fell. And um, so that's that's what I try to do. And like you said, the Department of Aging, which is part of our umbrella agency, I'm giving a plug now for my agency, the Department of Rehabilitation Services, of which Services for the Blind is now a part, um, you know, has a plethora of services, including health health uh, benefits analysis. If you're not on the right kinds of programs for uh, uh, disability entitlements or for which you could glean services, I, I'm constantly referring to the, the what they call the Choices um, Area Agency on Aging Counselors to to have um, an, an analysis of, well, are they taking advantage of all of the resources they could so we could hook them up. And so, Art, if you're not aware of that, I could give you uh, a couple of people's names that you could, um, you know, have on hand. Um, just by doing this every day, you you kind of get your own little network and say, oh, I'm going to funnel it to this person or that person, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, that that would be great. Most most times we uh, do our best to kind of reach out to, to even if they're out of state family, other family members, and, and that's, that's kind of where we start from there. Um, and and many times they don't know, you know, because they're they're far away. They may be in another state, and and uh, or they weren't aware of what was going on because you know their relative well, didn't tell them, or they weren't like they hadn't seen them in a while. So right. And I don't know if you've seen this, but um, we get a lot of clients that whose families are out of state if they have family and they're very elderly, and they're not really there to be on top of things, and they try to, you know, procure services like of a volunteer nature perhaps, and it's really more more medical needs and, and uh, more kind of intense heavy-duty needs, and they don't know how to procure services or they think, you know, they think um, – their relative is okay, but yet, and it's, I think it's a very hard transition, and tell me this, if, if you deal with families, I don't know if you do, the families always have this perception that mom or dad is doing okay, but there's that crossroads, and when things start happening and there's all of these issues and problems, and maybe they're not sharing with their with their family, you know, all of the struggles they're going through, and the family at some point has to step up to the plate and say, hey, I'm in Florida, but this is Connecticut. I have to decide to become a legal conservator. I have to take charge of the reins. I have to look into the resources and do something. And people's lives are busy. They have other children, other lives. But I get very frustrated and, and thinking, you know, it's time it's hard, but they need to step up to the plate, and they need to help their parents. People, in my experience in working in elder care for all of these years, people, they put this off to the last minute, Art. I, I don't and, think they always realize. I think with senior citizens, from I've seen as a, uh, as a medic, um, yeah. one of the things that when they, when they retire, um, if they don't have stuff to do, some hobby, something to keep them busy. They're usually dead within a year or two. Even if they hated their job, um, they just don't have a reason to get up in the morning anymore. Um, so right. They they have to stay active. And the other thing is, when you're talking to your parent, that you know each other. You're like a lot of common, you know, ground. Um, so you may think they're okay, 
But then you throw that same parent in a, in a odd situation, maybe someone they don't know, and it's a whole different thing. And, and a lot of times they, you know, they, they seem okay, they seem okay, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, they're not. But they've been kind of declining all along, and they may be kind of like you're not picking up on it because you're so used to talking to each other um, about the same things or, you know, just all, like say, just all of a sudden it seems to drop a lot of times there's a slow slide. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The safe topics, because we're, I don't really want to tell my my daughter that I fell in the bathroom the yeah. other day, so we'll talk about the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're, a lot of people, they're very clever because, you know, they don't want to, they want to stay independent and, and, uh, and you know, do their thing, so to speak. Uh, and, and, you know, um, so, yeah, a lot of times there, there's a slow slide and the family members don't always catch it. And the one that will catch it is someone's like, I hadn't seen, you know, so-and-so in, in three years, and, oh, man, are they bad. And the other families are, no, they, they seem okay. I talk to them every week. They don't notice it because it's a slow slide, where someone on the outside may go, wow, what, what happened, you know. Um, yeah, or somebody that comes in as a volunteer or intermittently, yeah. they're saying, "Gee, I." So, not only you know, not only does the senior have to be observant, but all these other people that maybe interface with them intermittently and and say something. I get so many calls from people say, "I'm a friend of so and so," you know, uh, and um, good good for those people. I mean, we can't share a lot of information if they're a client officially because of confidentiality, but we try to provide general information. But, you know, that brings up another topic is something that I'm looking into as well. And you say that you're, you do patrol and traffic. Let's talk a little bit, um, an issue that, that comes up a lot with people or particularly maybe in their eighties or maybe seventies with someone who perhaps is driving the car and they're not, as vigilant, their concentration skills, their reflexes are not good, and maybe the family is aware of it. They're not as sharp as what they do, or um, and maybe they're they're keeping their um, driving limited, and that is good. But what would you advise in terms? And I know you've encountered this. What do we do as family members? How do we approach that? And if you've seen seniors drive unsafely. What do you do as law enforcement and the liaison person, Art? Well, there, there's there's some a couple things because um, it is tough when you've got family members doing that um, and you see they're they're slipping um, and making a danger to themselves and probably others on the road. Um, the AAA ARP especially um, has classes to show mm-hmm. that hopefully. Um, teach seniors um, some better habits of driving, kind of keep them up with stuff, and, and they may be able to pick some of the guys out there. Unfortunately, as a police officer, um, until they have an accident or something like that that kind of catches our attention, um, uh, that's kind of usually when we get involved, then you would send the license back to uh, motor vehicles, and they could go back and retest. But, you know, when you're sending it back, and, and you do that, you know, we're going to jump right on that because when you do that, it's really kind of, I, I feel, kind of stealing the last vestiges of freedom for the senior citizens. You know, now they're going to have to depend on buses or taxis or family members or, you know, the senior transportation services. So um, we're careful about doing that, but sometimes you just like you, you need to be retested. I just, you know, you're you're scaring me, or, or, you know, they back into someone and give them a good hit and then kind of, well, I didn't even know I did it, you know, something like that. And so, yeah, so you, know, you don't become involved until they have an accident. Can you no, normally like, we wouldn't know, yeah. Okay, and that's unfortunate. And then when we're talking about retesting, is that if they have an accident and there's a police report, is it then mandated? Uh, it, 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 the only time it would be, they don't have to be, if they want their license back, yes, they would have to. If we took their license and sent it back to motor vehicles, yes, if they wanted it back, they would have to retest it. Um, just because you're older and have an accident, that doesn't necessarily mean someone's going to grab your license and say, oh, you shouldn't have this. You kind of get the, the you know, the, the facts and circumstances of what happened and start putting in, you know, because everybody has accidents. You know, a lot of people right. feel like that. That's, right. what they, that's what they call them accidents. But, um so it would depend on the on the circumstances on how, for instance, how you might answer the questions. You know, do you know mm-hmm. what happened? Why did it happen? You know, um, things well, things like that would would catch you. It's like say, well, geez, they don't seem really kind of with it when I'm talking to them. You know, um, 
kind of almost the same way you with the, the DUIs, you know, the driving while intoxicated or under the influence kind of things. As, as you're talking to them, you're going to be looking to see how they react physically and mentally. Um, and, and that's, like, say, how we, we kind of um, catches our attention and gets us going in that direction. Right. Well, you know, it. so for them also, would there be in retesting, because I don't know this and it may vary in different states, um, is there a, a written a written test and a driving test for re- retesting? I, honestly, I really don't know. I <laughs> probably I'm going to guess. I, I, I'm sure there's is definitely the driving section. The written stuff, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how important it is to know right. like how many feet you know it's going to take the skid. Well, yeah, I, I, I've forgotten that stuff too. Don't tell anybody. But. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah, but you but you don't know the feet, but but. Because you've been driving for for many years, you do you, you do know you, you could say it's this many feet. But when you're driving the car, I know when I step on the brake, I'm probably going to stop right about here. You know, not exactly, right. but so yeah, I, I don't know how much how important that is. I mean, um, right. is, is you're driving the the physical part of it. Um, I think that's that's the important thing. I interesting thought. I don't know if they give the written tests. I would think well, I would guess probably not, but I don't know for sure. Right. And and I'm wondering, um, you know how we have the laws here where they've they've really fine fine tuned it because of all of the um the deaths with teen drivers and their limited license. Is it for if seniors have to uh you know, become retested or, or are advised to, is there such a thing that you know of, of a limited license? So for example, Yes, she can drive, but she can only drive during the daytime. She can only drive within a certain number of mile radius or can't go on the highway. Is there is there such an animal as that, to your knowledge? Not not to my knowledge. The only time when you get something like that, say you've got a driving under the influence um, and they've taken your license away, but you still need to get to work, um, many times they'll give you a, a license that says you can drive to work and back, but that's all. You know, if they catch you out going to the store or something like that, it's like, uh-uh, you can only go to work and back with this. So they do right. that, that there, but they, they don't, as far as I know, they do not do that. I've never seen um, anything like that with uh, the senior licenses. The best you're going to get is they should be wearing glasses or, you know, something like that, something that we would all have on our licenses, you know. Wow. Well, it's it's a very difficult issue, and I'm I'm just thinking, so hypothetically speaking, if, if you're in that situation and you're listening to this show with a with a parent, a grandparent that you're kind of, um, concerned about, um, but they haven't had an accident that rises to the level where the police have been called with a report, what do you recommend? Would you actually come in as a liaison and if the family said, mom's not going to listen to me, would you actually be kind of like an intermediary? Or, I, I mean, could. could you fulfill that I, role? I, I mean, I could. My suggestion would be first is to get them to one of these, like an AARP driving class, and sometimes I don't want to do that either. Um, but, um, it, you know, it, it, if they think that their driving is fine, they shouldn't be, like, afraid to go take a retake a, a driving test. But a lot of times they know, and they're just trying to, again, put it off because, like I say, to me, that's you're like any of your last vestiges of freedom as a senior citizen still being able to drive and get out there and, you know, go visit someone, go to the grocery store, go to the doctor, right. the doctor's appointment, all having to, you know, look for a ride. So, right. well, yeah, it, that interesting question because, yeah, that, that's a toughie, and, and we all struggle. Um, uh, many people with, with family members are in that situation, and it's it's not fun, and, and they think kind of like they're getting punished, but they're not. You're trying to keep them safe, but, you know, here's an adult, and now they're getting older and slowing down, and, yeah, uh, it, it hurts. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's. They, they, they feel kind of like they're getting stuff taken away from them. And after all these years of being the one that was the the adult you'd come to, your mentor, your parent, whatever, and all of a sudden now, you know, it's role reversal, and and it, you're it's switching roles. To, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. Well, it it is, and the other thing I might want to mention about that, and maybe I'll call on you for a particular. Um, situation that I know of later but um it, you could if you're in a in a, a urban area or city in our state we have other things unlike the Myrtle Beach area or some of the other places that I've seen we have paratransit we have dial a ride 
for certain kinds of appointments. I mean, there's always Uber and taxis and all of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a little tiny town of our 169 towns in Connecticut, and we're not a county government, unfortunately, um, you know, if we can go into these meetings with our with our family and say, you know, it's not right, but you can call dial a ride and and you can get a, a, a and you do have to deal with their logistics and all of that and signing up with with help. There is a way still to get to where you want to go when you're shopping, if you're in these particular areas. But if you're way up in a rural community it's it is a lot harder but there are resources so i'm just saying you know if we paint the picture that it's not necessarily an all or or nothing situation if you get creative you could get help right art yep um that's one way to do it like i say the the problem is senior citizens um don't like to change um, and that's, right. that's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a human condition. But I think as you get older, like it's, I talked about my dad living in the same house, he knows it's too big for him. It's very big. But he said, you know what, I'm used to it. I don't really want to change now. And and I understand that. Um, and it's the same thing with the licenses. They, they, I think a lot of times they'll even know, but they just they don't want to change. They're comfortable, you know, and, and they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Um, and when you're, you know, when you're younger and, and uh, you know, more energetic and and ready to take on new challenges. Uh, the seniors aren't always in that mindset. Very, you know, some of them are, but not all of them. And and it, it, it's it's a tough situation. Um, yeah. Tough to to get them to admit. Um, yeah, I might need some help, or maybe I shouldn't be driving, or or like you say, I I probably shouldn't be driving at night. I had my cataracts done, but I, but now I get a an aura around the headlights and it makes it hard to see. And and you know. Um, Things like that, and and it's like I say, it's it's very tough for them to admit and change, and and uh, and it takes extra energy that they may not have or may not want to use. Um, so yeah, that that's a tough one. Um, uh, I, I have personal experience with that. So yeah, that's not that's not fun. <laughs> you're doing your best you can, and but you feel bad at the same time, even though you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, um, do, I know. I think we have uh, in my. Uh, computer went down. I'm just checking with the time. I think we have about 10 minutes or so, Delilah. Is that right? Yeah, about eight minutes. About eight minutes? Okay. Delilah, I was just wondering, in in your in your travels and in, in your your area, what, I mean, is there any particular um, issues with seniors that you've noted that are um, maybe unique to that area? There are a lot of people that are, as you know, that are flooding flooding to the Myrtle Beach area, to Florida, to Georgia, that are retirees. And, and what, what have you noticed, Delilah, in terms of seniors that are coming to, you know, tourist areas that, that want to retire there? What strikes you? We've been inundated with retirees um, in the past. I've lived here 20 years, and it's just amazing to me um, the growth in our population, which is is causes a problem because it's very difficult to keep up with that type of growth with your infrastructure, with your resources that are available. Um, I, I can't say that I know firsthand anything specific to seniors. I know we do have a lot of senior care centers and we have senior recreation centers and um, there's always a lot of activities going on. Now, whether there's someone or an agency or something like Triad that is getting these people out of their homes and intermingling with others, I mean, you, you I, I don't know. I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something on the to-do list, right, <laughs> uh, for whoever wishes to take it on in the future. I mean, I think if we have this big influx of, of people coming in, that would that should be embraced, right, and, and developed because, it it, it 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 can only help. We don't want people to be moving to that area and be, you know, uh, isolated in their little island and not not having resources. I mean, if you're in, and is this a difference, Art or Delilah? If if you're going into institutional care, um, and in quotations, 
assisted living is sort of independent living, so that, you know, with, with some supports or skilled nursing facility, that you have some of the resources already built in. But if you're a fairly healthy person or even someone with a disability like me and we're moving into a place and there's, you know, you can always look up your senior center and try to get involved, but uh, are, do you, what, what would you say to people that maybe are coming to New Britain or they've had to move, move there because, you know, their family's there or whatnot, what should they do if they're moving into your community and you're a senior? Do you have any particular advice? Well, I think what you said about contacting the senior center is uh, is very good because um, they are tied in with the health department um, and do all sorts of things there. Um, they also have uh, some neat trips and stuff to go on if if you're healthy enough to go bus trips. Um, Rex Cohn has done a hell of a job um, bringing people to all sorts of entertainments and cruises and things like that. Um, but that would be where I would start. I mean, we'd try, we could kind of, if they could call, we could try to reach out and help them. Um, a lot of times it, it's good to have a family member, even even if you're going to, to uh, um, some kind of lesson homes and things like that. It's always good to have a family member to be kind of an advocate for you because, you right. know, people try to do the best they can <clears throat> to take care of you. But sometimes, you know, it, you you know, they get overwhelmed with with the uh, their duties, and so it really does does help to have family member um, intervene. And that's where it gets tough for some of these um, senior citizens that some of them outlive their kids, or like say they're they're far away. Um, yes, and I see that every day, and that that is more and more common. And you know, and then you, there is no one legally responsible, and they're kind of out there on their own and trying to, it's kind of catch as catch can. And those are the ones that I, I feel the worst for. And I, I try to go the extra mile, even though, you know, it's beyond the scope of what I'm supposed to be doing in my duties, but I feel bad for them. Art, And I say, okay, I, I will try to help and I'll try to find something for you. And I, I guess it's just my personality, but I think human nature, people are going to do that. But I, I just think, do you agree that it's becoming a crisis and people are are living a lot longer and we're, we're, there's more and more seniors? So there needs to be people like you in the police department. There needs to be people, you know, within within city government, within um, social services agencies, within nonprofit. We all need to work as a team. Is is that the answer? Oh, I think so. I think with the baby boomers, the graying of America, which I am yeah. part of, um, <laughs> that yeah, that there's definitely uh, you know the scene, more and more and more seniors, and and it is I think heading a crisis mode. Um, a lot of them are still healthy, and I mean I remember when I took one of my paramedic classes, one of the doctors she used to uh, have a practice out in the Midwest with all these farmers, and she said no, they just keep going. She said they come in, they're 93 years old, and the way they stayed healthy and young is they just kept working. They never stopped. Um, so there's a lot, there's, for the most part, a lot of senior citizens probably more than you would believe are healthy. It's it's a smaller percentage of the population that are ill and and, uh, and have problems. But um, yeah, you, it's, if you want, if you look, I think for some of these younger kids that are going to college now and they're looking for um, job opportunities, uh, that's the way to go. The, you know, if you're not doing something, trying to clean up the environment, I would say um, look towards ways to um, get involved with the senior citizens because there's going to there's a ton of them out there. We're all we're all getting gray and and uh, and slowing down a little bit and uh, and we do need help. Um, and I say we. I'm just talking about more the age group than not me. But uh, um, yeah, <laughs> you'll be there like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm working and I'm working on it. Um, so uh, I know, me too. Yeah. So it, it's. We do need we do need help and and we do need to get together and and I believe going back and having family members help out is big. I think we've gotten away from that. I don't think people respect age. They don't the, the age and experience and wisdom. It seems like the, the, some of the younger kids and I'm not trying to kick at any group. Um, kind of like they you know they don't they don't think they need that information and knowledge. And then later on they probably figure out they do. But um, it, you really do the the if you, the experience and the knowledge if you tap into that you know what an amazing uh, 
uh, asset that is, and and all, and you can do that while you're helping them. You're helping them out, and and uh, and maybe you know, say making a meal or or uh, giving a ride to the doctors. Talk to them. You may be a little bit surprised how much uh, their senior citizens know. They've seen a lot of changes over the years. A lot of changes. So, yeah, and I think uh, they each have, have they each have so much to give. Um, to each other if you just have an opportunity. And just to mention quickly, um, we got a couple of minutes. I'm, I'm working on a show, and this is in Connecticut, with, um, and it, it hit the New York Times, where Quinnipiac University has partnered with Ashler Village from Masonic Care, whereby college students, and Art, you may have heard of this, are um, are moving in next door to seniors, be, maybe because of the housing crisis or whatnot, and and they're living next door, by, side by side, seniors and college students. And I've been trying to connect with the powers that be so that we can do an intergenerational show about that. Are in? Have you heard of that? I haven't. Um, sounds well, like a great uh, a great a great idea though because they can learn and help out at the same time and maybe maybe the, um they could get some the college students obviously don't have a lot of money maybe they can get some type of a you know a cheaper price on on apartments or whatever and, uh, and I believe buy, that's part of it yeah yeah and no so that that's if, great if I get this going I'll mention I'll mention to you when we when it becomes official I'm still working sure. on it and I've heard a lot of good things about Masonic Care yeah. too just by the way. So, I'm sorry, say that again? I, you said that Masonic Care is, is one of the people. Uh, yeah, Masonic Care, Ashler I, I, Village is partnering yeah. with uh, Quinnipiac um, uh, college students, and that's when I'm, I'm looking to see if we can do an intergenerational show about that. Kind of hard to get in touch with these people, but I'm working on it. So anyway, uh, would you, uh, before we end up, would you like to give some contact information for people if if they would – if, if they would like to um, contact you, whether it be people in New Britain or, or or beyond, and maybe you could direct them to resources, or if there's people that we know locally that that really don't know about the good work you're doing. Well, you can I can give you my uh, email address. Sure. It's uh, it's Arthur A R T H U R dot Powers P O W E R S mm-hmm. at New Britain. CT.gov. Um, I'll even give you my desk number here. It's 860-826-3167, and I certainly could, uh, could uh, you know, reach out and, and see who you needed to be hooked up with or if I could help out. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I do this as a police liaison, but I, I tell you, our, our officers are out there every day um, working with the senior citizens and, and you know, always, you know, Bending over backwards to help out. Um, we've got a good, good, good group, good, good force, um, and and good, uh, good people out there, and they're always willing to help. Well, thank you for the really good work you do. Thank you for persevering and connecting and trying to get this show, make this show possible. And please keep in touch with me, Art, because I think we can share resources, and and we'll we'll, we'll keep you posted too on future shows and. So thank you so much, and feel free to share this podcast with whomever. Delilah, uh, any parting words before we sign off? I just appreciate Art taking his time on this busy Saturday, and uh, I hope that we can have you come back again with some other updates. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Thank you you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, and... um, So with that, we will close out another edition of Shattered Live Radio. Till next time. So everyone have a good weekend and be safe. Thanks, Art. Thanks, Delilah.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.